Temple Geek Toddcast, episode 68, is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Toddcast. Your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. You are listening to the Temple of Geek Toddcast, a show designed to analyze pop culture for your entertainment. I am your host, Daniel, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. This show is released every week for your enjoyment. You can find this episode or more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at Temple of Geek. On this week's episode, I decided to chat with the geeks and just kind of just talk about some of the random news events that's happened over the last couple weeks and just kind of get their thoughts on what's what's happening, what's going to happen, and just stuff. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce you to today's panel. We got Paul and Stacy. Welcome, guys. Yo. What's going on? So first things first, Rogue One trailer. Yep, yeah. it's it's still on par like the first one. It's it's a really well done trailer. Do you think the movie's gonna be well done? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Stacy, how excited are you? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm probably more I'm as excited or if not more excited than I was for I, I can't say that. That's not fair. I was going to say I'm more excited than I was for episode seven, but that's because now I've seen it. Um, and and I I think because this is a kind of an original story, they're just filling in the gaps that um, I'm actually now looking forward to this as much, if not, you know, every bit as much as I was to episode seven. Yeah, this is I'm, I'm I think they're going to do this. Well, it's it's going to be a, it's looking at the Star Wars universe from a different perspective. It's a war movie, kind of a heist movie. I mean, or at least that's what it, they're purporting it to be. So I'm super excited. I'm going to ride the coattails on Stacy's comment because, yes, I agree that this feels as much as I hate to admit this another prequel. But this feels like a worthy prequel in the Star Wars universe, like something that's appropriate to make. And yes, I'm, I'm like really excited to, to see this thing. Dude, the prequels were worthy. <laughs> Let's hang up right now, Stacy. I, I didn't even hear that. I, I refuse to hear things like that. <laughs> nah, I'm with you guys. Uh, definitely a prequel. Prequel sequel? What would you call this? <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Uh, prequel, I think it works. I think prequel works. Um, I like how they're trying to differentiate. You know, this is a, a Star Wars story. And how these how these stories take place... They're peppered in the timeline, but don't necessarily have to follow a particular sequence. So every Star Wars story is not going to build on the one before it or after it. And um, and I think that's really cool because you can tell other stories because there's so much to the universe. Um, and they're getting great people to do the direction and they're hiring fantastic actors. Uh, you know, I mean, that's why, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but that's why I'm actually... Hope, more than hopeful for the Han Solo movie because I thought that couldn't couldn't have been a worse idea, but they've got to me they've been given the benefit of the doubt. Well, that so, was actually going to be my next question. I mean, what are your thoughts on you know we know that start the Star we haven't seen Rogue One yet. No, our expectations are very high. It should high. be a really good movie. Um, I'm yeah. hoping it is. Um, but with our expectations set that high for this film and a Han Solo film looming two years from now, I mean, do you think, do you think that's the right way for Lucasfilm to go? I mean, do you think they should have went with a Han Solo film? Do you think they should have went with something else? Are you happy with the casting? I'm throwing a bunch of questions at you at one time. Go. <laughs> Paul, what do you think? Uh, okay, I'll just put it like this because – and I know this is a different uh, universe in itself, but it almost – I hope it just doesn't go this route. So when they wanted to branch off and make solo X-Men films, the first one was Wolverine. And that bombed so bad. And in the midst of making the solo Wolverine movie, then there was a solo Magneto movie. And I think when Fox saw that, okay, a solo movie doesn't work with our X-Men characters, or at least it didn't work with that one, that that Magneto film slowly turned into a prequel X-Men movie. So where I'm getting at is I, I hope this is doing that, but almost like in the opposite way. Let's make a let's make a uh, uh, a group film first, and not necessarily focus on one one character in specific, and hope that 
a solo film, <laughs> pun intended, a solo film will actually help <laughs> will help that. So I, I, I like I said, I just hope it doesn't it doesn't trans transverse into that. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I, either way, I mean, yeah, this. I'm, I'm glad they got the actor casted. I'm glad they casted the actor for Han Solo. This so that that tells me that they're actually going forward with the film. You know, they're already in the pre-production phase, and yeah, we'll wait and see. I've only heard good things about that actor. I don't know. I haven't. I did not get to see. Is it Hail Caesar that he was in? Yeah, I didn't see uh, that either. I, I wanted to. I mean, it was supposedly a great movie. Is it a Coen Brothers movie? Um, uh, anyway. Caesar, yeah, it is. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, and they do great work, and and I've loved all the movies they've done so far. So uh, I want to see it. And I will see it eventually, but I, I don't know any of that actor's work. But apparently, he nailed it. And uh, I read the books in the EU, you know, back in the day when they, were, I think it was the early '90s. I didn't. I read them, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. But I mean, I think they came out in the early '90s. Uh, the three, it, it was, it's three books, uh, that are centered around the history of Han Solo, where he came from, you know, his Karelian past, how he met Chewbacca and all that stuff. And, and, uh, I really liked that story. Um, it, it talks about kind of his history as a smuggler, uh, how he, you know, his history with Lando, how he got, um, I think one of them's called the Hut Gambit. Uh, there's another one, the Paradise Snare. There's another. I can't remember what the other one is, but there's three of them. Um, and I mean, they were great stories set in that universe. And and I know that they are probably gonna. I, I don't know how much they'll pull from those things, but I have a feeling based on what Dave Filoni's done with the Rebels series that they are. They're not opposed to pulling elements from the EU. Uh, so, and we can talk more about some of those other things that have come out. You know, this summer, uh, that you know, like, like the Rebels trailer, which I thought was fantastic. But who is more upset that Nathan Fillion wasn't cast as Han Solo? <sighs> <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> I, I really, I I, he, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I just really think that that would have been an appropriate role for Fillion. I, I think, I think, and not just because absolutely. of the, um, not just because of the, um, uh, Firefly series, but I don't know. His just his care, his charisma. You know, it, I think he, I think he, he makes a his presence as a ship's captain. I think it would work well passing the mantle to Fillion from Harrison Ford, and I think that would. Uh, I don't know if too young is the right way to go. I know you probably want to keep him for maybe other films, and 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 that's the the logic behind it. But I don't know if. Young is the right recipe for it. Yeah. Do you or think too, we'll ever see Harrison Ford again in a in a Star Wars movie? Yeah, dude, he's gonna be a Force Ghost. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! No, I don't think you'll ever see him again. So you you'll think, see him? What's that? You think he's done? I think he's done. I think you'll see him in two more Indiana Jones, and then uh, he'll he and. He and uh, Sean Connery will go out to pasture. You really think they're going to get two more Indiana Jones out of him? I don't know. He'll he'll do his last one. He will be a mummy. And Sean Connery, nah, he he's done. He yeah, <laughs> Sean Sean Connery died. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they, he's already out to pasture. They'll you know he'll he'll meet him out there because you know what were they like four or five years apart age wise when they did the Last Crusade? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so their their age they're pretty close in age. So no, I don't think they're that they're yeah. that close. They're, no, they're pretty th- close, Paul. I think Connery's like thirty, like year wise. I think he was like thirty five, and f- I think Harrison's like forty seven. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not close, but I don't think five years was correct. It was like five or we're, seven years. Where's our fact checker when we need him? We need somebody on that. Get that fact checker on it. Well, Paul's supposed to be the uh, movie guy. I'm here. pretty sure he's Harrison, supposed to know their ages, like right off the bat. Off I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford's birth year is 1947. I mean, and, right off the bat, bro. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Sean Connery's <laughs> is in the 30s as well. And Sean Connery's right, is actually checker. 1930. Here we go. At the film's release, Sean Connery was 58. Harrison Ford was 46. So they were 12 years apart. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but okay. still, that's unrealistic because Sean Connery being twelve years old when he had Harrison Ford. 
Dude, that's yeah. that's common America right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you brought up uh, Rebels, uh, Stacy. Yes. Rebels trailer. We're starting to get some, I guess, some of the cool things from the extended universe brought into actual official canon. Yes. I am sure that you were probably needing a towel after you saw that trailer. Ah, for Rebels? <laughs> yes. For Rebels, uh, and, and everything I've watched in the back, uh, the the background videos and, and uh, that kind of give you a little bit of the, the history on how they've gotten to that point. I've watched everything, all the interviews with Dave Filoni. Um, and so, yeah, I was, yeah, to need a towel. Would, that's a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm ex- as excited as other people are that we have, um, Grand Admiral Thrawn in it or in the universe now. What I actually was most excited about is that the Chiss race is in, is in, I, I'm actually as excited about that as I am that Thrawn's in it. Now that's the great Jedi, right? The big, he is, uh, kind of the biggest bad guy sins. Um, since Vader, really. You're, you're talking uh, about Thrawn. Thrawn, yes. I was talking about the Chiss. Yeah. What, what's what's the Chiss? Is that the is Chiss that his? is his race? Okay, his race is the Chiss. They have red eyes and blue skin. They look, they're humanoid, but and everything else is the same as humans, except for the color of their skin. Now, and, well, and they have a very particular demeanor. They are very, uh, very class centric. Very, um. Their elegance, not the right word I'm looking for, but I mean they they're high society compared to noble humans, noble, and everyone everyone is beneath them for the most part. But and that's one of the things that in the books is Thrawn is a worthy adversary, like the first true worthy adversary that the EU had, and maybe the best one they've ever had, because he understood he he, he was he's like the generals. Uh, oh, there's a there's Civil War generals and, and World War II generals that were very much into art and history and philosophy, and they understood the people. And, I mean, like, they go that deep in Thrawn and who the character is to let you know that he understands who the rebels are. He understands their motivations and, and everything. It's like he's empathetic to it, but it's so he can understand how to beat them. Uh, and that's what makes, I mean, it makes him a very complex villain. Uh, and you and it's like everybody you you liked Thrawn. I mean, it's like you you weren't pulling for him per se, but you truly respected and liked that particular character. I loved the character, but um, I'm actually um, most excited in in the Rebels trailer on the Bendu. That's and, what I was talking about. The, that that's the gray in between Jedi type. Yes, thing, right. Yes, or George just say. Man, if I get a ch- if you guys get a chance, if you ever go on onto YouTube and check out Dash Star. The videos he does, he's 100% gung-ho Star Wars. He's somebody that we might see, I think we should try to see if we can get him on a podcast, because I think he would be down for it. He uh, did a uh, an impromptu interview with Freddie Prince Jr. And Freddie Prince Jr., you know, he's the voice of Kanan. Yeah. Uh, and he's a super, super nerd. I mean, he's down with all of these, with, <laughs> with, with, with I, mean, he, I mean, I think he's self-professed. That's not something I think he'd take offense to. But um, he's he's huge into Star Wars and the lore and the the extended universe and or expanded universe, and uh, you know he is also the voice of the Bindu, and so he knows who the Bindu is, who they are, uh, who that particular character is, and how if you you know if you've got the far right and the dark and you've got the far left with the the light and he is in the middle, and what that means and how he teaches Kanan to be. Uh, or what he what Kanan leaves there with. I mean, it was a really cool interview. It's online right now. It's on YouTube. Um, but that's the character I'm most interested in because actually, from what I understand, in season three, that Bendu plays a huge role in the rest of the season, like how uh, the gray area of of the Jedi and the Force. And uh, so that, I think that's pretty cool. And I'm I'm looking because there's been other gray Jedi in the expanded universe. Qui Gon Jinn. I would say Qui Gon Jinn would be one. Uh, uh, Jolie Bindo from the Star Wars: uh, uh, The Old Republic. Not canon. Um, I'm playing. <laughs> not canon. No, you're right. But I mean, there's there. That's what I think is cool, though, is they're not afraid to go back there and and pull some of those really cool elements. 
and and the Mandalorian, which I'm a huge fan of that culture, uh, and is is going to play a huge role in this season as well. So now, Paul, do you watch Star Wars Rebels? Uh, no, that I have not watched any. I'll tell you what, it, it has. Been, it was Stacy's excitement that actually got me watching the show, <laughs> and I am like in love with the show. The show is amazing, dude. It uh, is. I, I could not believe how well done the show was. I mean, it actually made me, it, you know, because Stacy was always bragging about the Clone Wars. I actually went back and bought the Blu-rays to Clone Wars, and I've been watching those, and those are just as good. I mean, Very I just, awesome. I cannot believe how good these series are. Well, and, and when I when I was telling you that, Daniel, it's like what I, I couldn't say this enough. They they make the prequels relevant. If you if you didn't like the prequels and you thought like yeah, I didn't hold a lot of I didn't hold them in very high regard. I did. I don't go I don't go back and watch them. But the Clone Wars cartoon that Dave Filoni started it, it starts out it started out slow, but it picks up and it fleshes out things from the prequels that make the prequels not only relevant but it's like it gives the essential it makes them essential and it and it and it and it adds weight to a lot of the actions and things that happen that you're like well that's a throwaway line or or that's whatever well they flesh some of those things out in the clone wars and they and they give it all weight and so it's like the, the gravity of the situation uh it just it just made them like you said i mean they made them relevant it made them essential uh, it, and did, I, and it, it, it did because I did watch the Clone Wars and I, I liked how they made Anakin. I mean, everything before um, episode three, I liked how they made Anakin like, OK, I, I don't know if you might agree with this, Stacy, but like the scene in Revenge of the Sith when he's like he's in the council and, and Mace Windu's like, you know, we'll, we'll give you a seat here in the council, but we're not giving you the title of, of you know, master. And he's yeah. like, why? In the Clone Wars, it kind of you you kind of feel bad, or you you feel like in Anakin's shoes, like why the hell not? I've got this girl that I've been training for like ever, and right. I, I've been her. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So everything that Stacy's saying, as far as like the, I haven't seen Rebels, but everything with the like, Clone Wars, it it does flesh some of that stuff out. It does give a good um uh like root to the prequels. Um, oh, yeah, Anakin it's it's an, a cool character. You know, Anakin exactly. Hey, Anakin becomes someone that you like when Anakin and Ahsoka, because Ahsoka ends up being one of my favorite characters of all time. Ahsoka ends up being a fantastic character. And when you see Ahsoka, yeah, I don't want to ruin anything for Rebels, you know, but there's a, there's a, well, in Rebel, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, in Rebels. It, she learns for the first time who Vader is, and that Vader is Anakin. And I that was felt an awesome fight scene. It was a great fight scene, and it was very emotional and passionate. And you felt the the pain that she felt, and you could tell that Vader was torn because Vader at that point is full on hate in hate mode, you know. And so when he sees Ahsoka, you I I feel like you could tell they do such a great job of of letting it seem like. For a brief second, the goodness in him saw her, acknowledged her, you know, that, that he genuinely felt some something good again. And but he was so far gone that, uh, you know, it may have been his path back to the good side. I mean, there's just no telling. But um, but it was it just it with but it, it took five seasons or six seasons of the Clone Wars series to make episode three have that much weight for you to care that much about Anakin because at that point he's been through a ton at the end of the series when at the end of Clone Wars where uh, Ahsoka decides she's not coming back you know I'm not going to say I cried but I may have teared up <laughs> when she leaves and the and the and the the music and everything about her saying you know what I've been through all this and I'm not coming back this is not what it was supposed to be you see the fall of the Jedi order how they lose sight of what was important. And it makes more sense why calling all the Jedi and how they could have been so blind. You know, I mean, all of these things, like I said, they, they did a brilliant job of making them uh, essential and relevant and, and fleshing out all those stories. So, yeah, I, I'm glad, Daniel, finally, I'm glad you finally uh, were able to check out all those because I, I really do think highly of it. It's a fantastic series. Yeah, it's a great series. So with that said, because uh, Rebels, uh, again, I haven't seen it, but it's, it sounds just as good as as, as the Clone Wars uh, uh, 
is. But so, do you think that Rebels is going to tie heavily, or rather, do you think Rogue One is going to tie heavily in with Rebels? I don't, or, or think vice versa. So, because I think Rebels is a couple years behind where Rogue One's going to take place. Rogue One's going to be like just a couple months before A New Hope. Yeah. And where yeah, is Rebels? Cool. Rebels Reb- is after? Rebels is oh, still like a couple years said, behind. Vader. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it has to be a certain number of years after episode three. I mean, Princess Leia because, was on it, and she was like, what, 15, 16? Yeah, and well, and Rex was on it. You know? The so, only reason why I'm bringing it up is because did you guys hear that... Um, Jimmy Smiths has been uh, I don't know if it was confirmed yeah. or not, but I think he showed interest in, in playing Bail Organa. Well he's he was actually seen on set at oh, okay. one. So Yeah, he's cast. It is official. That is good because now that basically ties with him, that ties the prequels to uh yeah. the others. With pretty much the only actor that you could bring in. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. Only for him to perish, right? Right. But I mean, <laughs> but I think in the again, not to beat a dead horse, but the Clone Wars made Bail Organa relevant. You know, he plays a huge role. So uh, all of those characters that they they talk so much about, but they don't give you. It's it's kind of why the Star Wars movie, the the Episode Seven, why a, an ensemble movie like that works, where a movie like Suicide Squad failed because you had too many ideas and tried to accomplish too many things and and there was no development of the characters. I would say of all the characters, you can actually go down the list and say who was Ray, describe Ray, and you could go through a number of adjectives to describe who she was. You can tell me who Finn was. Well, I'm we saying, had we, we had this test before, <laughs> exactly, and you can do that. And so I and you know I mean Suicide Squad was a thing that happened, and it was unfortunate that it happened the way it did. But you know I think if we if we stay on that, the Jared Leto news, you know about him being feeling tricked, you know I mean that because of all the characters, I mean you kind of get an idea who the Joker is and who Harley is and who Deadshot was, but the rest of them you really don't. Uh, uh, and I'm, that, I'm, say, I'm saying we had this te- we had this test with uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Like, who's Qui Gon Jinn? We can't exactly. Tell two shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tell me two things about Qui Gon, and you're like, uh, Qui Gon believed in midichlorians. Oh yeah! Oh my <laughs> and, god! And he loved you know taking kids from their homes. And both the reasons are why he died. <laughs> so ex- exactly, you know, and and that's the thing. It's like the Star Wars. That's that test. It's. Uh, can you describe them? Tell me who those characters are. And, and uh, with the ones in episode seven, I think you can. And I think you're going to get a similar, a similar, fi- or I'm getting a similar feeling from Rogue One. You know, you each character is going to have a very clearly defined story arc or, or at least background. So you'll be, they're not going to be just cardboard cutouts. You'll, you're going to know who they are. They're going to be fleshed out. Well, not to keep beating the Star Wars horse to death, but there was one more news topic that came out, um, and it was about the talks between ABC and Lucas Art or Lucas Films uh, about the uh, live-action Star Wars television series. Yes. Thoughts on that? It's oh. been in development hell for what fifteen years. It's still probably going to be for another five to ten. Actually, uh, I, I see I, that happening probably quicker than you think. I I don't see it happening. I think yeah. I think all that's going to rest on how this movie does, and if this movie does exactly what I think it's going to do, I, I I don't see if, if if Rebels, if what you guys say about Rebels, and again, I'm pretty sure it's true. If what you guys say about Rebels is so awesome, why go? They would have to close that off. Start paying real actors and sets and all that stuff when it's cheaper to just do the animated series. Plus, you're going to have your own solo series and stuff. I think you would be, how do you say? I don't think it would be economical for Disney to do that. So I think it's just going to remain in the talks just to show that there's some kind of effort being done with it. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, you know what? If it does happen, I don't think it's. What were you going to say? 
I would say, honestly, if it does happen, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And that's what I'm saying. It's been in development hell for years, obviously through the acquisition with Disney and Lucasfilm and all that stuff kind of put that to a halt. Well, the only reason why I say that it will be, it was in development hell because George Lucas was the one that was, you know, managing the whole negotiations and coming up with the series and all that stuff. But now Disney has it. And Disney is milking this franchise for as much as they can. No, so, no, no. No doubt. Uh, I, I see them coming up with some sort of deal and going, okay, let's get the show out. But and, uh, I, and I do agree. I mean, they're probably waiting for it, Rogue One. That's what I'm saying. It'll fall. It'll fall into that eating their eating those two guys eating their own lunch kind of thing. You know, like you, you've got a good series here. You've got a good solo series. Plus, you've got the episodes. I know there's only two left to go. And then you're thinking about doing a live action series. I mean, to me, that would be just too much for too much. I mean, again, I'm not saying that I wouldn't watch it, and a lot of other people wouldn't watch it. But it would be kind of too much to just soak all in and try to absorb and just focus on one thing, close that out and then bring this in that way. Well, there, it continues. There's, a, there's a very, well, I think that the most likely that you're going to find is they're not going to do it on NBC. They're not going to do it on CBS. They're, they would do it on Netflix. I think if they did it you and really it would go so. straight, I think so. I don't think they would do it on any of the other channels. I just, I think that the other channels might pay enough for it. ABC could possibly do it. Well, ABC uh, Disney owns ABC. Right, and I'm saying that that would be the only that's the only possibility that I see. You know, you have a prime time Star Wars thing similar to what because isn't uh, Star Trek's coming out with a new series? Yeah, but I think that's going to be streaming only. Okay, see, and that may be that that that's where I think the future of this uh, and and Disney already has this model for Marvel, so. I don't see why you couldn't do a similar. The only reason you can't do is budget. If you don't have the budget uh, to do the space stuff and the special effects, because obviously there's a lot more special effects required for. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe you find a way to do something that's just filming in a like, desert. I mean, like a filming in a desert, desert. Do cantina stuff. Do stuff <laughs> where you're. Well, do stuff Firefly style. You know where. I mean, obviously they didn't have the biggest budget. They couldn't. Have, they couldn't have had it. And they did a ton of stuff. That that show stands the test of time right now. At least it does, in my opinion. You can go back and watch those episodes, and the space stuff doesn't look too hokey. Um, and they didn't they didn't do overkill on any kind of special effects. And if you centered it around bounty hunters, which I thought that's what they were talking about doing originally, um, you know, you're not dealing with a lot so much special effects, and it's more about the the relationships and dialogue and and what I think it should be about anyway. But no, I agree. Yep, Netflix is the way to go. So speaking of Netflix, Luke Cage premieres next month. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm just playing. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting... Okay, so now we've got the third member, and then we're going to get, what, Defenders in January, February? Uh, I think we're going to get... I think we're going to get uh, Iron Fist before we get Defenders. No, 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 no. I know that, but I'm just saying like we're going to get Defenders. I think it's January or I think it's April, right? Because they pushed Daredevil back because you know Daredevil came out the March April. Yeah, they area. haven't they haven't announced a release date for season three. They just announced that there's going to be a season three. I, I thought I read somewhere that they were pushing Daredevil to like a summer it, just to make room for Defenders. Anyway, uh, what I'm driving at is like the now we're getting that shared universe on Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're going to see more. Okay, so like what? And Jessica Jones, they meant or the, the, the way to tie in Daredevil was to bring in Rosario Dawson's character. So that way it tied it into Daredevil. So now Luke Cage gets his show. How do you think they're going to? Do you think they're just going to stick solely with the Netflix MCU tying it together, or are they going to to expand? Like, would you rather see a character from the cinematic universe? Oh, I'd love to see a character from the cinematic universe on on the Netflix shows. Um, but I, but I think the only thing like what I think you could do is you could have uh, Tom Holland walk down the street or run into Luke Cage. You know, that would be at, awesome. In, outside of his costume you know he's like walking down the street with headphones on or something and you don't that would be where i think you could incorporate it because they all live in new york mm -hmm. and they that was that would be a universe where that made sense for them to kind of bump into each other 
I don't think you could have Spider-Man in that universe, although I would love to see Kingpin and Spider-Man. I think oh, that'd yeah. be fantastic. I would love to see uh, Hornhead and Spider-Man. Yeah, I would any any that whole that it, Spider-Man and his his stable of villains and Batman and his stable of villains. I mean, it's like they have they both have a probably the some of the best villains. Um or at least some of the some of the more iconic villains. A ton of them uh, to you know, Spider-Man has a ton of them. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that'd be interesting, but I think where you're going to see the overlap is Rosario's in all of them, except for maybe, uh, Iron Fist. Fist. And I think Iron Fist will be in Luke Cage's for absolutely. He will absolutely. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. He'll have to be in there at some point. What are they Um, called? Uh, mercenaries for hire. Yeah. So I'm sure there, there might be an episode title for Heroes for hire, bro. Mercenaries, heroes, whatever. It's all the same thing. Nah, but I mean, I, I would love to see the shared universe. I mean, because they make references already to the uh, MCU. You know, they they talk about the event that happened in New York. Yeah. Um, you see the pictures of it. You know, so there's there's references of the MCU. Uh, you just haven't seen anything crossover. And the thing that's sad about it is, like, you know, you would think, like, in a movie, you would see, like, a news article on one of the TVs about the Kingpin being taken down in New York or something just to kind of show that those universes are connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a rumor that uh, they they may incorporate John Berthnell's character in the Defenders. Not 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 maybe the whole thing, but like maybe a couple episodes. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I didn't that, see that. I didn't see that, that, but that'd be awesome. I mean, that rumor was, floating around. He did such a great job, dude. Dude, I cannot see anybody else but that guy as Punisher. Well, and I I, I saw a meme on on uh, online somewhere. Basically said that these movies were for kids, and three scenes proving these movies are for kids, and it was three scenes from the, from when the Punisher has to escape the prison. And it's just, <laughs> that was, yeah, a, that was just, an opposite episode. That was an incredible episode, you know. And so, yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> obviously not for kids. I'm not. I'm not promoting violence or anything, but in that scene, I just love the part when that dude, the the guy that was holding him up, you know, in the prison, trying to interrogate him. And when he finally escapes and he has the, the you know, the Punisher has the, the gun in his hand. And he's like, you know, you know, who, who, you know, who sent you or who you were for? He's like, you think blah, blah. He didn't even let him finish. And he popped him in the face. I was like, that's the Punisher right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the best things that they've done Punisher wise, I've seen it in uh, I've seen a couple comics and I've seen the the uh punisher video game did y'all ever play that i think it was on xbox one or i mean xbox the original xbox maybe maybe 360 playstation i think it was was it well there's a there's one of the scenes i mean it's it's a lot like hitman uh in the way that you go about you have different ways that you can take out people um but i remember distinctly this one where you were able to just you were you basically put a guy's face into an aquarium full of piranha (laughs) And that was how you took out one of the guys. And it's like, that's the Punisher. I mean, the Punisher doesn't, he, he's the honey badger of, of assassins. You know, he does not. What's that? I was just going to say he's like the epitome of the antihero. Just, For sure. Yeah, he just gets vengeance. I mean, does the right, does, how do you say, gets justice through vengeance by any means necessary. So if that any involves, yeah, if that involves killing or whatever. So be it. Okay. So, you know, we're talking about the crossover between the Netflix and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Robert Downey Jr. on August, uh, August 7th, posted this message on his Facebook page. Um, The message said, excited question mark with a winky eye. And it basically was the cast list of of, of Infinity Infinity War. Um, In this cast list, it shows Kristen Ritter, Charlie Cox, John Berthall, Mike Cole. Oh, yeah. I saw that. You saw that, right? Yeah. So a lot of people are saying that this was a uh, a fan mock-up, but why would Robert Downey Jr. post that? I, I don't know, and I thought it was a fan mock-up too because of the dared uh, because of the, the Netflix folks. I was like, man, I don't know. I thought and again. I know I posed this question just a few minutes ago. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it on film because that would be a fantastic way. If this is supposed to be a two-part movie, that would be a fantastic way to incorporate both sides. You know, small screen and big screen. Um, but but again, 
because of the nature of it, it just looked like it was fan made. So and, yeah, now that you, now that you mentioned that, that that would actually be awesome. But I mean, it also it also has the names Clark uh, Clark Gregg, Chloe Bennett, Mingnong Nguyen, Elizabeth Henstridge, Adrian Padalecki. Again, small I mean, those are all big, from yeah. those are all from Agents of Shield. I mean, those people are complaining that they never tie into the to the movies and stuff anymore. So I I don't know. I mean. I'm just kind of confused why Robert Downey Jr. posted that. I mean, if it's fake, why did he post it? Because he's the one that made it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And maybe he just wants to stir trouble, but I don't think he would do that. I mean, at this point in his career, he is Iron Man. So, like, I don't know that there's a separation between who, you know, Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. I think they are one and the same person. He just is himself. <laughs> It's, and it's he, him on screen. He doesn't it's have him a script. On screen. No, it's exactly. It's like, you know, just, I don't need a script. And, you know, so that being said, I think you could do it this way. Uh, it would be one of the most grand, like at the, towards the end of the second movie or something, or, or in the first movie that you have them show up and Jessica Jones dies or, or, you know, and, and it, or in the background, you see the agents of shield. And they don't even have any lines. But because everybody loves doing this so much that you, I, I don't, I would not put it past them to just have cameos. Like just all these throwaway cameos. If you're not, if you weren't paying attention, you might miss that Sky's in the background, you know, or, or Daisy's in the background. Or, you know, uh, Clark Gregg may have a, a funny line or something like that. But. Pull- Pull a, uh, pull, I, I know it wasn't his character, or pull a Thomas Jane in, in Spider Man 2 at the end. <laughs> everybody oh, thought, yeah, he everybody was the thought that was him. Yeah. Well, everybody thought he was the Punisher, Punisher because he yeah. was all black and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I see where you're going. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I would love that to be true. I, I just have a hard time accepting that because. I, I know you can only make the movie so long and you'd have to focus on so many characters, but just to throw, I mean, you don't want to be a quote unquote justice league and just start throwing people in just to throw them in there. Right. You know, it, it, well, it would have to make relevance to the but film. See, I think the difference between Marvel and, and DC right now is that we already know who all those characters are. No, 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 so no. They could throw all those people in there, and I don't think it would affect the movie at all, as long what, as they didn't what, say, you know, Clark Red came out and was, you know, tap dancing behind the scene just so you could see him. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I don't think you should just do that just to put them in there, saying like, okay, yeah, that now you've seen them together on the same movie. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I know that everybody knows who they are. Yes, they are established in, you know, whatever format they are. Uh, I'm just saying, like, yeah, just don't put them standing next, standing at a bus stop, and while the Hulk and Banner are duking it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm for sure. <laughs> while the Hulk and Banner are duking it out, <laughs> they might be. Well, I mean, we never know. I was like, you may, he's, there have been times where he's separated from the Hulk, and <laughs> it would be a very short fight. <laughs> well, there you go. I just foreshadowed the uh, Hulk three. Yeah, spoiler. Um, <laughs> So now I, I I'd like to see it. I agree with you on that. Uh, but where the difference between the Justice League and why they just keep dropping the ball and all this is that there's no there's no character they they shoehorn people in there for the sake of it. There is no character development. There there's no good dialogue, uh, you know that that helps explain things that where it's not beating you over the head with with things. You know, I don't. You know, there are certain things that. Lex Luthor didn't need to say in Batman versus Superman. It just wasn't necessary. That that expositional dialogue was unnecessary. And and other there are other examples like that. In fact, best part of that movie to me was Wonder Woman, the exchange between Wonder Woman and Batman, and Batman in particular. I think that those were the best highlights or the highlights of that movie. My favorite but, part was why did you say that name? <laughs> um well, Can we since, trust him? since we're since we're on that subject, okay. So Colin Farrell has been—I don't know if it's confirmed or not—but he was rumored. I think it was like Fourth of July weekend uh, that he was rumored to be uh, part of the um, Justice League movie. And same thing with a Game of Thrones actor—I can't remember which one. Um, but anyway, going back into specific for Colin Farrell, if that's true, who do you think he might be playing? Bullseye. 
<laughs> no, but it is funny that both him and Affleck would be in this movie since they were came out of that god awful Daredevil movie. It was a god awful. Well, the 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 theatrical cut was. I'm not saying god awful. It was. It wasn't all that, but the director's cut was better. But you know, anyway, both of us like that movie. The it director's cut. Not, it was not uh, as bad as Electra. And it, it was not as bad as it, it was Wolverine not as Origins. Bad as, uh, that was that one's even not as the end makes that movie terrible. They just <laughs> blew it on Daredevil. But the it, it wasn't as bad as the scene. I don't know if there's a scene in cinematic history that's worse than Episode Two Star Wars, where he's riding on the back of that fake hippo and falls into the. <laughs> Falls into the field and they roll around and it's just so stupid. It's so <laughs> they think he's dead. I wish he was dead. Dude, and the was... scene in Suicide Squad when the uh, when the witch was doing her little witch dance. That, oh that yeah, scene was that, just that, that bad. is pretty bad. Uh, that it's is pretty, pretty bad. It's pretty cringeworthy for sure. That's that's true. But at least she was really there. You know, <laughs> she was really there and really dancing. Um, you know, he was really not on a fake hippo. So, and he wasn't in a real field either. So none of that was, all that was terrible. It all it was so bad. Well, to answer your question, Paul, I don't know who who he would be playing. Maybe a villain. Okay, so the rumor is Stacy. Yeah. Oh no, no. I was just going to say before I continue. Do, do you have a thought on who he might be playing? Oh, I, I have. I, I this is the first I've really heard of it. I didn't know. Yeah, he. There was a rumor floating around like early. Maybe he's dark side. Early July. I don't think that. But there was a rumor flowing around early July that him and I, I'm I'm gonna have to look this up here. But uh, him and Josh a Game Brolin of Thrones gets casted as dark dark side. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> hey, didn't I just see you? Yeah, but that's my uh, that's my Marvel side. That's right. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, him and a Game of Thrones actor had been rumored to be part of the like joining the the Justice League cast and. Uh, Colin Farrell, much like Willem Dafoe, is in an unspecified role. So there's a rumor floating around that he is actually going to be playing Steppenwolf because that is going to be the the the, the main villain of this movie is going to be Steppenwolf and the, the invasion. Is going to have to have a third one where Darkseid's in it? No, no, no. Because remember, Justice League was supposed to be two parts, but now they decided that it sort of is going to be two parts, but it's just going to be two separate movies. Well, since since the DC Universe is just now starting, Stacy, they're going to make Darkseid like this giant cloud, <laughs> kind of like Good. what they did in the second like Fantastic Galactus? Four. <laughs> yeah, because Galactus is a cloud. I don't. Okay, I don't think that Colin Farrell is going to be playing Steppenwolf. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I I think when they say an unspecified role, and I and. This is just my thoughts. I think he might be playing Hal Jordan, and I think it's just going to be a cameo at the end because just how they have the Green Lantern Corps movie tied or or, or, or set for release, I think it's going to tie more into the second movie, but it's just to incorporate the character at the end of this movie. Maybe he's playing John I Stewart. actually think they're going to cast him as the new Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You heard would, it here first, folks. That would be funny. The, yeah, the real Jimmy Guy Olsen. Gardner. The real Jimmy Olsen, yeah. I, I, either way, I, I think it's, I, I don't know, it's just my speculation that I think it's going to be a Green Lantern, I'll say that. Um, I don't think it would be Steppenwolf. Um, I'm not saying that he doesn't do a good job as a bad guy. I just, I don't think he, I don't know. I think I think you would need more uh, more of a, a, a powerful presence of an actor to play Steppenwolf, uh, you know, given the nature of his background. Josh Brolin. <laughs> Josh Brolin for everything. Josh Brolin for president. I don't know much about DC or or that particular character. In fact, for the longest time, I used to say Darkseed just to piss Rooster off <laughs> because <laughs> because that's how it's spelled to me. I'm like that's not Darkseed. Um, so you know, I don't know that much about that character. You know, I his stupid lasers that that uh would. Well, you know, Ste- Steppenwolf is the uncle of Darkseid, but uh, when Darkseid took control of Apocalypse, he basically made him the the the, the general of the armies, basically. Nerd. So, um, DC Encyclopedia. Yeah. So, 
I, I don't know why they would make him the full I mean, because they they even said like they as in Warner Brothers confirmed that 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 thing that Lex Luthor was talking to in the ship was in fact Steppenwolf. Everybody thought it was Ubicon or Kubicon. Um, okay, but Kubicon is actually uh, or sorry, Kubicon Yugacon is actually um, uh, Darkseid's father. So. Okay. Uh, it, Steppenwolf. I don't know why you would want to do that, other than to maybe just bring out another character to just expose people that aren't familiar with that, uh, you know, that side of Apocalypse, other than Dark Side. Um, but either way, I I, I don't know. I, again, I just don't think that Colin Farrell would be. Uh, I, I don't think he's. I don't think the role that he got cast for is for Steppenwolf. I'll say that. Okay, but you're just not willing to go out on a limb and say it's Hal Jordan. I think it's going to be Hal Jordan. I, I just, given the nature of how they've been, and, and I agree with everybody, just how they just put p- people in it, I think it would make more sense because the original rumor was is that, and, and I think they're still sticking to it, that formula, was when they originally had it as a part one and part two, was that part one was going to be all Earth-based, and then part two would become uh, space-based, like fight. So basically, I guess, take the fight to Apocalypse. So it would make more sense for Green Lantern not to be in this film because Green Lantern are basically, you know, space police. So I, 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 that's the only reason why that my speculation for Colin Farrell being Hal Jordan would be just somewhat of a cameo at the end and basically be able to tie it to the Green Lantern Corps and then Justice League 2. I could see that. And I mean, and there's so much potential with the the lantern core and you know the and now that jeff johns is a part of it and i think he had a a, a huge part in uh the darkest night storyline yeah and um which is one of the best I, I don't i would say arguably one of the best dc storylines if not one of the best comic book storylines you know up there i mean it's not the best but it's one of the best all time in my opinion well, if you remember last year's com, was it last year's Comic Con? Maybe it'd been twenty fourteen Comic Con, um, and I think it was that one actually. Um, Warner Brothers basically, you know, in disguise, were saying that, "Hey, our 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 version of uh, our universe on film won't be heavily focused on." solo movies at first they're going to be group based movies hence dawn of justice hence suicide squad now you're getting justice league and then you're getting green lantern Corps. so i i see yeah. the formula that they're doing and, and that's why i said if i put if i put all the pieces in place that would make more sense for me and i think i don't know colin farrell would fit that pilot type guy uh basically more I'm not saying that Ryan Reynolds didn't do a good job. I mean, the story kind of lacked whatever, but Ryan Reynolds' demeanor and his and his his own character that he's played time and time again has like been burned in my head. Did not fit a Hal Jordan. It fit a Guy Gardner. It didn't fit that serial serious toughness of a of a pilot. Like even in the pilot sequences, it was all like. He didn't take it too seriously, and that's not no, the Jordan. Take it seriously, yeah. That's well, what I'm saying. That's the longest time they wanted him to be the Flash. And see, that would have made that would have it been appropriate. Sense. That would have been appropriate based on again the characters that he's played. Like I'm not saying that it's been stereotyped, but he he's, would have been the Wally West Flash anyway. Well, I mean, either way, I mean that character would have been suitable for Reynolds, not Hal Jordan. I, I I don't know the reasoning behind casting him. I don't know if it was just to garner uh, more people based on uh, who 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 liked him based on whatever. You know, just to go get ticket sales, and that might have the, the the logic might have worked, but it just didn't pan out in the box office. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think Colin Farrell has a has a. I think Colin Farrell would have a better presence portraying that character. And I'm not saying that he'd need to be in the film all the way. And I've already you know explained my theory on how to do it and how they would make sense to do it. I just don't see him as step. I don't see him playing that villain. I mean, if he is playing a villain, I. I, I, if it's Steppenwolf, cool. It's it should I, be Bullseye in that movie. <laughs> or who's the Bullseye? Who's the, who's the equivalent in, in uh, man? What is his name? Um, the red? No, is it the Red Tornado? No, 
I don't remember. Well, one of the last things I wanted to touch base on before we close out this episode is the train wreck known as Transformers 5. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, have you all been keeping up with Transformers 5 at all? Uh, I just no. saw the new Autobot uh, models that they're, you know, they're coming out with. So, Well, we got Megatron. Megatron's back. It's a female, right? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what he's doing with this freaking movie. <laughs> I am getting pissed. <laughs> so the hot rods. Dude, I've been pissed since 2007 or early 2009 when the second movie came out. Hot Rod is in the movie. They're they're finally bringing in Hot Rod. Uh, Rodimus Prime, not, whatever you want to call him. I was going to say not Rodimus Prime. Um, I think he's actually going to go by Hot Rod in the movie. Well, he and, can't be Rodimus Prime if he's a Prime, right? Until he kills until he kills Optimus for real this time. Well, per the yeah. second movie, there was only seven primes, and like there's only two left, and fifteen plus minus six equals Sentinel Prime, and carry the Optimus. Hot Rodimus Prime. <laughs> so, what, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Are you all going to go see this movie? I'm probably not. Anthony no. Hopkins is in it. Do you think he's going to save the film? Do you think Anthony Hopkins knows he's in a Transformers movie? <laughs> He probably doesn't. Oh, Transformers is—is is this one of those things that uh, they use it's in Germany? To, to <laughs> is this—is this one of them superhero flicks that I keep hearing everybody talk about? <laughs> I like how that guy just became kind of like Irish, uh, Scottish slash um, whatever the hell Daniel sure. did. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Tyrese Gibson and Josh Dummel is back in this one. Do do mail do mail. How do you say his name? I like I think, uh, I think. your first one. Let's go with your first one. Dummel. Dummel. I'm I'm sure Dummel that's all the way around. I am. That's wrong. Let's go with that. All right. So Dummel. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we got Dummel and Gibson. They're back, and they're going to be teaming up with Mark Wahlberg this time. The f- well, because naturally. <laughs> I was getting ready to call him the Fresh Prince, Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't like the either. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know what I'm talking about, yo? Uh, You're so hip. Ah, oh, man. I, I don't know what to think about this. All I know is they need to end it. Michael Bay needs to be drug out into the street and shot, burned alive, whatever, exploded. You know, since he likes explosions and stuff, he needs to be blown up. All this, all this figuratively, folks. We need to get somebody else onto the Transformer franchise, and they need to reboot it. If any show deserves a reboot, it's the Transformers franchise. Ball as my uh, as my nomination. Uh, Paul, we were talking about the shared universe. They're talking want- about bringing the GI Joes in with Transformers to make it a cinematic universe. I mean, why? <laughs> I, okay, I I don't know why you would begin to have that discussion. I'm I'm all for shared universes. It's cool uh, to see that. I, I just don't know you can do that with this franchise <laughs> behind it because it's nice. I mean, are you do. talking about the Michael Bay specifically? Yes, that uh, the because Bay that's Formers? the only that's that's the only yeah the Bayformers that's the only one that anybody knows on film like like live action that's the only one that's been on there. It's cool what they did with GI Joe. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what, whatever his name was, Stephen Sommers did his version of the first one and kind of screwed things up. And then when they came out with the sequel, they actually made Cobra Commander look like Cobra Commander and everything. So that was cool like, how they did that. And even the, the, the prologue at the very beginning of the movie. I don't know if you can do that with the Bayformers and incorporate. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That thing's pretty chopped up. I don't, I don't think there's any salvage in that. I guess one of my problems with the Bayformers movies is none of the movies follow the other movies. It's like yeah. there's no consistent storytelling. Well, you know, this is the only way I think it can be saved uh, without a reboot, which I don't think they can do it now without a reboot. But the only thing I think that they could do to save it is if they went the route of Ninja Turtles, the way that they did the second movie. I haven't seen um, it. Oh, man, you missed this, a good movie. You, it, it truly was a Ninja Turtles movie. It's the movie that they meant to make the first time. And or I wish they would have made the first time. If you're a fan of the 90s cartoons. Oh, yeah. they pay they pay homage to everything that was good about it, you know. So, Like the Technodrome and Krang yeah. and Body and everything. Everything. I mean, they, they, they stick to the... The bickering between the, Krang the and Shredder. The yeah. source material of the animated show in the nineties, eighties, nineties. Yes, yeah, that's yes. cool. Yeah, good. Well, and like, and uh, lots of lots of like 
references. I mean, you know, the characters are are true to who they were. You know, Leonardo, Donatello, all of them. But the the movies actually, it's just because the thing is, is that from my understanding, is both the Ninja Turtles. Uh, cartoon and the Transformers cartoon were glorified commercials to begin with. So, you know, you're, you're basically just peddling the toys with these commercials. Even though the, the Ninja Turtles had a comic before that, um, the, the, not, the, the Transformers show, generally speaking, was not especially deep and meaningful. So, you know, you don't have to have... You guys know. I mean, y'all know what, what it would what you'd rather have than two giant robots fighting so close to the camera that you can't tell what's happening. Um, you know, that's just, that's just not what it was about. And it's not about racial stereotypes and ridiculous, crude, misogynistic jokes or whatever it is that they try to do to make it kind of hip and funny and, and, and interesting to this, you know, to the crowds. I mean, I, they dropped the ball a long time ago. See, yeah, okay, exactly. And this all falls back to giving one person all that control. So when they wanted to make a movie, a Transformers movie, for years they wanted to make one, and they found what they thought was the right team. Michael Bay, you know, pretty big action director. Steven Spielberg is the producer, you know, the studio, everything. When they finally found the team to do it, the first film actually wasn't really that bad. Towards the end, like, you know, killing off major characters like Jazz. I mean, why would you kill off Jazz? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, the first movie, again, like I said, it, it was pretty good. And then when it made all that money, what did they do? They gave Michael Bay this all this control and said, okay, we'll do whatever you want. And then he <laughs> obliterates the second, se- uh, the second sequel, the second movie. I mean, a lot of plot holes in that movie. I mean, well, nothing he, made sense. He destroyed the second sequel. As exactly, well. and, and that's what I'm saying. It falls back to that thing because uh, you know we we had that discussion with Batman on film. Remember Daniel, where he said like you know they hired Tim Burton. He, he did Batman, Batman '89, huge commercial success. So they say, oh, okay, well this guy actually knew what to do with the character. Give him all this control. He makes Batman Returns, and it just became a Tim Burton movie with yeah. Batman in it. So the same thing with Zack Snyder. So give Zack Snyder Superman, makes a Superman film. And in my opinion, I thought it was pretty good. There were a couple things. Again, no movie's perfect, but a couple things that I wish they didn't do. Overall, it was a very good Superman movie. Gives them <laughs> uh, Dawn of Justice. And it's just, it's overloaded. It's overcrammed. Even even the director's cut, as, as much as I like that one better, it's still overcrammed. It's, it's, it's a lot of control thing. So I think that's what it all boils down to, you know, like when these studios are scared to, to take a take a risk on something that a, a lot of the fans want to see get made. They 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 have the leash on the 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 team, the director and producer specifically, and then when it makes all this money, all they're seeing is that money, and then they expect more of it, and then that's what they don't get. They just get the backlash. Except like the Transformers franchise is like a multi-billion dollar franchise because people run out and go see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> and, and then the very last thing as far as shared universes. So right now Tom Cruise is filming The Mummy because now Universal wants to incorporate a shared universe with The Monster. So The Mummy is the first one. I think what Dracula is going to be the second one. I don't know. I heard about that. And keep. I'm not keeping up with it. So, I mean, I mean. Do you think? How do well, you say? Universal monsters used to be in a shared universe. Anyway, no, no, no. I know in, that. Back yeah. in the '30s and '40s when they were filmed, Abbott and Costello. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bella Lugosi. Uh, shit, what was it? What was the guy's? Uh, what was the monster's name? Because he did both. He did the Mummy and Frankenstein. Um, Boris Karloff. Um, yeah. And uh, I can't remember the Wolfman's name, but yeah, I, I, I get that. But I, I, I think so. How do you say? It? Do you think shared universe is like the new forte for for iconic characters on screen? Like, it, do you think it's that important that they share a universe so that way they can crisscross into other, or not crisscross, but you know, make appearances in other movies? Do you think, think it's depends. that essential? No, it depends on the franchise. It depends it's, on what what it is. Like comic book <laughs> movies. It's nice to see it. It's not essential for me, but it's nice. That's what I'm saying. For me, that's the that's my feeling on it. I don't think it has to be done. But I don't. It would see like uh, 
Too Fast, Too Furious team up with the Transformers. It's and Indiana Jones. Yeah, so, I mean, I, or yeah, again, Indiana Jones and Star Wars. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's starting to become, like I said, the new mo for movie studios is that they see, you know, they see that Marvel can do it. They see that Disney, I mean, not Disney, but um, uh, DC is going to start doing it, and now Universal and whoever owns, uh, who is it? It's DreamWorks and Paramount that own uh, the GI Joe and Hasbro and everybody else like that. I mean, I, again, yeah, it's nice to see it, but I, I think that's starting to become the MO. And it, it for me, it's just not essential to be, you know, that has to be done. Well, I, I, this is this is really what I think would would help. I mean, if if we can just like they're doing with the Flash, if we can get the 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 infinite earths or the different, the parallel universes and just get Batman to show up on the masters of on Eternia. And we get him, if we can get him on Eternia, him and Superman to fight Skeletor and somehow get Beastman, And I'm just, you know, I'm just spitballing here. I think, yeah, this, yeah. I think this is a good, this is a good direction to go this way. We can incorporate all of our toys. The Ninja Turtles will be in the sewers somewhere. Of Castle Grayskull, <laughs> and uh, I, I think this is this is a billion dollar idea and a way yeah. to to please all the fans. All right, well, you know what? Start writing, make it happen. I expect We're to see you next summer. Next Simple summer, Simple Geek again. Two things you've heard here first. <laughs> all right, guys. Any final thoughts before I close out this episode? I'm looking toward the fall. There's some good stuff coming out. Paul. Luke Cage. <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek Podcast. I want to thank my panel for joining me on this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at info at templeofgeek.com. Please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit the TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.